Hey everyone, Mike here. Today we have a big one. Not only is the Around the Crease podcast turning 50, that's right, this is the 50th episode of the Around the Crease podcast, and we have a great one. Today we do a couple different things. First off, we're going to talk with Ryan Cassidy, the director of TexasLacrosseNews.com. He obviously is with us today to talk about Texas high school lacrosse. Obviously, it's such a big state, we don't get to everyone, but he gives us a pretty top-level examination of the state, how it's laid out, and what to expect for the upcoming season. Also today, we're talking with Archbishop Moeller head coach Sean McGinnis. He's with us because last week they made a pretty big announcement that their game against defending state champ St. Xavier is getting moved to the University of Cincinnati, and that just kind of set off a whole whirlwind of things. It got a great response on Twitter, so we thought we'd talk about them to see what it actually means for the program, for the state of lacrosse in the Cincinnati area, and Ohio as a whole. And then that set off a whole nother conversation between Mike Ward and I about just big venues in general and what it means for high school lacrosse teams and players to play in these sorts of venues. And then we even went a little bit further and gave a couple dream locations that we would like to see high school lacrosse games be played. And I'm going to guarantee you are not going to be able to guess what either of us say. And I'm really going to willing to bet you're not going to be able to guess what Michael Ward says. But before we get into the episode, we'll do a quick sponsor read here. And then we're going to get right into it with Ryan Cassidy. Enjoy the show. All right, we're here with Ryan Cassidy, the director of TexasLacrosseNews.com. Ryan, thanks for being on the podcast this week. Yeah, thank, thank you guys for, for having me on. I'm really happy uh, for this opportunity. Yeah, so we've been kind of, the last couple of weeks, we've been kind of going uh, around the country in no real order. So we kind of, <laughs> it was one of those things we, we touched on the Midwest. We went to Florida and South Carolina this week. And obviously, Texas, you guys are kind of getting ready to start. Like, you guys are one of the closest states, I think, Texas. California and Florida are the first three to, to start. So you guys are getting pretty close to the start of your season. So I figured it was pretty fitting to have you on to talk a little bit about the state. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we do start pretty early. That's because I, I think we, we really don't have a winter. So teams can afford to, to go outside. I'd say most teams have started practices. Scrimmages um, are probably coming up this week. Dallas Jesuit has an invitational tournament. Um, that they host every year. Um, teams are are starting to gear up uh, for the season, certainly. And, and once games start, it pretty much runs all the way through uh, the beginning of There's no way we can get an entire state in the span of like 20, 25 minutes because Texas is a very large state. But So I figure we'll kind of go through a kind of top-level um, look look at the state so for people who don't know and maybe have never paid attention can you kind of explain how the state is broken down yeah so there's there's three major divisions um within the state there's division one uh division two and then division three and schools are 100 percent um kind of fed from that school so like highland park for example 100 percent of that program goes to Highland Park Um, because they're trying to um, expedite the growth of lacrosse here division two and division three are allowed to have only a certain percentage of schools be a part of their program um, because they want to again and kind of include uh, everybody 
uh, in the state to, again, facilitate that growth. Um, it is a club sport down here, um, but it is a very organized um, club program uh, through the Texas High School Lacrosse League. And then there's three geograph or four, excuse me, geographical regions. You have North, the North District, which is that Dallas-Fort Worth area. You have Central District, which is uh, Central Texas, Austin, Dripping Springs, kind of that uh, central part of Texas. You have the South, which is primarily Houston and the coastal region. And then you have San Antonio, um, which, you know, that division is is kind of named in and of itself. Um, I'll just go, go ahead and kind of give a preview of the Division One teams, if, if that's yeah. – uh, yeah, I, okay. I, I was just going to chime in. Like, that's actually – I didn't actually know that's how the Texas broke it down because usually I'm so used to the usual Division One, Two, II, and Three usually by size or enrollment. So that's actually mm-hmm. pretty interesting. That's how they, they've broken it down. Um, and I don't think – is the Division Three is that new? Because I don't – Yes, yeah. yes. So, like, yeah, I mean, I when I played in high school and this was, you know, 2004 to – or 2005 to 2009 – uh, Division two was was new, um, and you know again you'd have some schools that would kind of bring uh, different regional schools together to form a team, and then you'd have another team again like Highland Park for example has a Division one and a Division two team just because their numbers are so large, mm-hmm. it doesn't really make sense to have sideline, and so um, Division two. Um, to help both types of programs. And then Division Three um, has been recently added to the, the high school scene. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It's good to see that they're making accommodations to help grow the sport. Because I know you mentioned, like, the Texas High School Lacrosse League. Like, they, they may not – it may not be a state-sanctioned sport, but they, from my perspective, they've always been very organized. Their website is fantastic. Yes. You can find the information you guys don't have a problem with schedules <laughs> like a lot of people uh, as far yeah. as like, you know, with the disappearance of lax power, like the, you can, you'll be able to find the Texas high school schedules pretty easily. Right away. Uh, yeah. Yep. So that, that's always pretty nice. And for someone who tries to keep tabs on the sport in the state, it's always been nice from my perspective as well. But as you mentioned, let's kind of start to go around and I'll let you start wherever you want. Um, as far as the division one or uh, how the, the regions are, how the state's looking like the top teams. Yeah, so I'll start in the north. Um, the the team that I think a lot of people, if you ask them, you know, who's going to be in the the final four, I think a lot of people would put ESD um, their top contender. They've got a new coach this year, uh, Jay Southern. Um, he came from Bellarmine University in Kentucky, and, and he's worked uh, really on all sides of the ball um, there. And then before that, he was – so he certainly uh, is a great add to them just when it comes to a coaching staff. And uh, they've also got an uh, assistant coach from Bellarmine. He, to be honest, he, um, when I coached at, at High he was something that uh, we pretty much starred, underlined, highlighted on the scattering report. Um, his last name is – it's not slipping me. I just don't want to pronounce it wrong, but his first name is Tucker. He's number two for the uh, Bellarmine Knights, and he was uh, one heck of a player. But but they've got a, an absolutely loaded team. They've um, got some defensemen that are, are all going to Power 5 schools. Uh, I see one of Virginia. You have Carson Rainey, who, who – 
decommitted from Loyola. He's going to Ohio State. Um, and then another uh, junior, Watson, he's going to, to OSU. And then offensively, um, the youngest Wasserman brother um, who's going to Utah will lead that offense. His, his oldest brother, Bryce, um, is playing for the Ohio Machine now, and, and he was with Monmouth. And then uh, his the middle child is at Towson currently. Um, so they are, are really looking loaded and, and – they're definitely said before that that everybody's kind of got mm-hmm. in that top spot. Okay, yeah, and I know that was. Uh, I actually didn't realize Coach Kennedy, who used to be the coach at Episcopal School Dallas, I had emailed him a few weeks ago, um, and he was like, "Oh, I'm a Culver, I'm an assistant at Culver Academy." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, I was like, I'd kind of gotten so used to him being at ESD that it was all. It was like, oh, it was." It, it just felt weird <laughs> that there's yep. a new coach down there. So that, that'll be interesting to see how uh, Coach Southern, what he, because obviously there's a pretty historical program there to begin with. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how he does this season. Obviously, no shortage of talent. Yeah, and then they're going to be, um, again, a, a title can Island Park and Dallas Jesuit both. Um, as well are our teams that can certainly make a run. And then again, you, you know, it's hard to leave out St. Mark's um, for, for what they were able to do last season. Um, they do a really good job um, of peaking. And, and one thing that, that I failed to mention with within Texas, there's, there's public schools and then there's private schools and the private schools participate in their own uh, league where they'll have their own kind of Texas the, the Texas private school athletic association that they will themselves for the SPC championship also compete for the Texas high school state championship. Um, so St. Mark's, for example, theoretically could win the SPC and then they would go on and play in the uh, high school playoffs later that year. So it's kind of nice. There's not a, there's not a clash between public and private. They've done a pretty good job of, of maintaining a good relationship between between the two, which leads me again to Dallas Jesuit um, and and St. Mark's. Those are two teams again that are so competitive. Yeah. While ESD is number one, it'd be very easy to put Dallas Jesuit, Highland Park, or St. Mark's. Yeah, I was going to ask: Is Coach Lee because I know still the coach at St. Mark's this year? Yes, sir. Yeah, and he's obviously a legend. I have him as the all-time winningest coach in Texas, and that's with him stepping away for four years. So that <laughs> yeah. just kind of tells you a lot about that St. Mark's program that he had built uh, from 2000 to 2013. He can step mm-hmm. away and still come back as the all-time winningest coach in the state. So yeah, pretty impressive. Um, so moving on, like I guess I, I would have to ask because I don't want anybody to think we're going to forget about him. Um, I know you had an order, but you know the Woodlands obviously – they kind of broke through last year. They've been knocking on the door for several yes. years, um, looking like they were going to uh, to win one, and finally broke through and got that title this year. And um, how are they looking? Yeah, you know, they last year their starting lineup and probably their second line midfield was basically a college freshman team. Uh, they were absolutely loaded, and they were also. Um, kind of senior heavy so so for this year it'll be um i don't want to say necessarily a step back but just the amount of returning talent 
um, isn't there necessarily in the numbers. You definitely have um, some guys that that are returning that that are solid, but um, it, it's not on paper as uh, obvious that they were just going to pretty much run through um, the state. They have, oddly enough, they have probably arguably two of the best goalies um, in the state. Um, uh, Jason, and this is his name is uh, <laughs> is is kind of kind of a tongue twister, but uh, Krasolowitz. Uh, hopefully, I did not butcher that. And then Matt Nunes. Those are those are two uh, goalies that are absolutely outstanding. Um, Jason is going to Air Force, and 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 Matt is considered you know one of the best goalies in the state, and and he doesn't necessarily see playing time um, on the field. So it'd uh, be interesting to see how Coach Tennell balances that out but Mm -hmm. um defensively uh they've got a a good group returning um and i'm sure again coach tennell and and the program that they have at the woodlands with the feeder program uh and guys that they develop uh throughout that that i wouldn't be surprised if this is just a reloading year not necessarily a rebuilding one yeah and i i have to imagine just based on what he's been able to do with the program even a uh a reloading year will probably still result in 17 to 20 wins. <laughs> yes, yes. And and their schedule, you know, Coach Tennell does a great job of, of basically putting them through the gauntlet in the season so that everybody that they should run through in order to win a state championship they've played before. This year, um, within, a, I believe, about a month and a half span, they'll play Dallas Jesuit, Episcopal School of Dallas, Westlake, Travis and Highland Park, um, and so they kind of have this miniature tournament run in the middle of their season to kind of get them used to that that pace once playoffs roll around. So, you know, again, if they make a Final Four run, I don't I don't think it'll surprise um, anyone. But but last year, heading into the preseason, I, I think you could have pretty much put their you could have engraved you know their name on the state championship trophy just with what they had returning from the previous year. Yeah, I think I, last year I was hearing a lot of people thinking it was their year, and it was you know it was one of those like, well, you know, that's always a tough state because when you get in that that final four, like most of those teams, they've been there and they've won it before, so you have a lot of experienced coaches, you have a lot of experienced players. It's like at that point, it's up for grabs. Like, yep, you know what what you've done, like it's a whole new season once you get to that final four down there because it's a it's a gauntlet. So yeah, um, absolutely. So moving on, what 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 other teams do we do we kind of looking at? So this the central district uh, is is pretty interesting this year. Um, the our defending champs, excuse me, uh, Westlake, uh, they uh, a lot, I think, talent wise to graduation. Um, Jacob Stebner, who's at Princeton. Um, was an absolute stud for them. Tate Young, who's a midfielder at Notre Dame, and then they lost a goalie who's currently at uh, Military Institute. So they're, they've got some pretty big uh, shoes to fill really all over the field, and then they've also got somebody on the sidelines that they have to replace. Um, Zach Burke is the new head coach for Westlake. He came over from California. From um, Poway, right? He's also, yep, they, they he was also – yeah, and he was also the director, I believe, of uh, San Diego uh, for 3D. And so, you know, he'll bring a lot of uh, that 3D methodology to 
Central Texas. But they've got some guys coming back. Uh, Bryce Walker, who's an attackman, committed to St. Joe's. And then uh, Lake De La Fuente, he decommitted from Prince or uh, Cornell, excuse me, and he will be headed to uh, Harvard next year. So they've got some guys, um, and they have the potential to – to make a run at the central district championship. And then again, um, in the playoffs, but I could very easily see dripping Springs, um, making a run. Um, they've got a couple guys, um, that are, are really solid and, and, and they've got a lot of depth. They've got a great face-off guy. Um, and, uh, and then in, to be honest, an awesome, uh, attackman, um, as well and then Austin High uh, traditionally has been kind of the powerhouse in Central Texas um, and they're going to be led this year by their defense um, Walt Alexander uh, is committed to Michigan uh, and then a kid who's not committed yet um, I, he's got a lot of potential um, I really like watching him play uh, Peter Lane was an all-state uh, defenseman last year um, he'll be there as well, but central district, uh, is wide open. Um, I would say that the talent level top to bottom isn't as deep mm-hmm. in the North, but it's that same type of competition where I'm sure a lot of people have Westlake and, and Austin high and Lake Travis kind of competing, but it wouldn't be crazy to say dripping Springs could beat all three of those teams and take home the central district uh, championship. Yeah. It sounds like you guys got another, obviously with, with coach Burke um, coming on board and like he won over a hundred games when he was at Poway. So, um, mm-hmm. and I may be mispronouncing that thing, but he was, he was there for, um, well, I think he won 75 games when he t- since took over the Poway program in 2013. I know he stepped away. I think last year was the first year he wasn't there, but he's also coached at Arch- Archbishop Spalding in Maryland. So yep. he's another guy to kind of, you know, him and Coach Southern, obviously, at Episcopal School in Dallas. Like, those are a couple guys. Just be worth watching to see what they do this year, but then also in the uh, in, in a few coming years. Like, I, he was another name. Again, it's one of those things, again, realize the gap that lacks power left. Like, you don't – it's not as easy to find these things as much anymore because it's yeah. not like people are reporting high school coaching changes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny, those – Guys like Zach and, and and Jay, they are helping expedite the growth here. You know, guys like Chris Rand have been here for a really long time, and, and he has done a lot of things in the Dallas area. Again, you got Coach Tennell um, in Houston. And it, what's interesting with the state of Texas, specifically with the public schools against schools like the Woodlands, Westlake and Highland Park, they're successful because of their feeder programs. Mm -hmm. Westlake, they have a basically first through 12th grade program. And and Zach will oversee that the same way that they have that at the Woodlands. And again, uh, uh, Bruce Frady, who was a volunteer assistant or an, an assistant at University of North Carolina, and before that, he was the offensive coordinator at, at Quinnipiac. Uh, he was with 3D as well. He's the new head coach at Southlake Carroll, um, and his job description is similar to that, where he's responsible for the development 
of lacrosse in basically the city of Southlake for grades one through 12. Um, and that's where you're seeing a lot of the development and growth is these former college coaches, guys that played and coached at a high level coming down here and not only just coaching a high school program, but coaching youth and middle school guys. And so kind of like in the East Coast, these, these guys are getting – immersed in the fundamentals of the game at such a young age that by the time these guys get to high school you're you're not just teaching them how to throw a stick which is when i played in high school we might as well have just gone to a park with a wall and just played wall ball the whole time because guys had no idea like what end of the stick to throw with but um (laughs) now with just these high level coaches coming in and, and becoming program directors uh the game of lacrosse and then the quality is just skyrocketing yeah and obviously those i you know i at the past two years two years ago i know the woodlands took part in that geico um lacrosse invitational mm-hmm. and then last year episcopal school of dallas was there so obviously yes. there it, it, it helps with no state sanctioning because a lot of states don't allow their programs to play in that type of basically postseason tournament because most of those teams are now are over so but i got to see both those teams and you know while you know they're playing against some pretty powerhouse programs like Culver and IMG, like they show really well and it's really nice to kind of see them and kind of show like they're, they're not afraid of anybody. They're, no. they're, they're coming for, you know, they're, they're ready to show the rest of the country. Like this is, this is what we can do. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's, what's been great is, is a lot of coaches. I know like coach Tennell, uh, the past two years, they've scheduled a lot of out of state, competition uh dallas jesuit's going to be playing gonzaga and tory pines this year um and so it's it's been really cool to see you know a lot of times in the summer you'll have a team from california play a team from texas or a team from maryland a club team you know play a club team from texas and it it's kind of i guess like state versus state but when you actually get to play you know gonzaga versus dallas jesuit there's just a little bit more um I guess on the line, I don't know what what I'm trying to say, but it just it almost it legitimizes it a little bit more when you have Texas versus you know Maryland DC area right. with Gonzaga and, and Dallas Jesuit, and so it's been really cool to see um, the reach of Texas um, grow. You know, one of the cool things that that we have down here is uh, every year they do this thing called the Patriot Cup, um, and the, they raise money for Headstrong. And then a foundation bridge lacrosse down here in Texas, uh, and it's they'll they'll bring two teams down at the college level. This year it's going to be Ohio State and Marquette. Uh, last year it was Villanova and Yale. The year before that, I believe it was Penn State and Denver. Um, Georgetown and Notre Dame have played each other down here, and and the past two years it's been in the Star at Frisco. This year it's going to be at SMU, and so they'll bring a you know big time Division one college game. Um, and then they'll have high school teams play this year. It's uh, Highland Park versus Frisco, and then St. Mark's will play Austin High, and then SMU's club team will play Arkansas's club team. So uh, lacrosse is becoming significantly more popular and, and, and cool, I guess, and you know, having the Dallas Rattlers down here as well has really, really helped uh, parents who didn't know what lacrosse was at all um 
to kind of be exposed to it and then get their kids involved. And it's, it's been really cool to watch the growth down here. Yeah. I mean, I remember years ago, I think it was probably 2008, 2009. I remember talking to a coach down there and just kind of asking, you know, I was kind of getting my feet wet with figuring out the state and what was going on. And I remember him telling me, he was like, there's a lot of players on the football team that we would love to have out. And we, yeah. they, they, they was like, we don't have access to them. It was like yep. these, like the football. I mean, obviously anybody knows, like, seen the show or tv or the movie friday night lights like football is king mm-hmm. in texas and he was like we yep. can't you know he's like we would love to have the second string running back he's a phenomenal athlete and the coach was like no way it's like you're not going yep. out for the lacrosse team so like there's and i know michael and i have discussed this uh, a couple times on the podcast like and texas if you know all it takes like there's so many athletes down there if mm-hmm. lacrosse catches on, like it's going to surpass a lot of the traditional hotbeds and the amount of talent that comes out of that state just by sheer volume of, of yes. players that are available. So it's uh, one of those states like it's it's primed and it's yes. great to see that the sport is growing and that the governing body is uh, working to even grow it even more and that it, people mm-hmm. are getting excited about it. So I guess yeah. – go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, as I say, before we, we let you go, is there anything that we missed? Any other teams? Any other players that are, you want to mention? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. There, <laughs> there are so many. It's Texas. Yeah. One of the things we do uh, with Texas Lacrosse News is, is we have an uncommitted uh, player feature and then a committed player feature. Uh, I do a lot of the management of the site, and I was in a uh, – a first responder academy for six months, and and so that kind of took away what what I was able to do. But but one of the things that that I thought was pretty unique, and again, once I started going to this academy, it, it kind of stopped about midway through the college season. But um, I would keep stats of every Texas player that was competing in NCAA, and I would just update them weekly. Um, and then I also have kind of this database of committed players it's 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 nowhere near up to date now just because i haven't been able to to update it but just to see the sheer volume of players there is no way like i would be able uh to mention any and everybody and again <laughs> i wasn't even able to touch on division two or division three programs that again they all play at a high level and they have high caliber guys that are going to the division one, two, three and, and JUCO levels, uh, and doing awesome things. Um, but you know, this year, again, we're going to be a little bit more active, um, within the state of Texas and in general kind of branching out to, to all four divisions. Um, and so if you follow us on, uh, dot com. Uh, and then that's our Twitter and Instagram handle. It's just TXLAX and then news, N-E-W-S. Um, that's where you can get all your updates. And right now we're just going alphabetical uh, for the most part, previewing um, each team in the state of Texas. And, and <laughs> again, when you see that list, it's like, oh, boy, uh, we might have bit off more than we could do, but we're trying to, trying to, trying to do it as best we can. All right, and I will definitely link to everything, um, your website and Twitter and Instagram um, in the show notes so everybody will be able to find where you guys are at. And then I know, I think it was a few weeks ago, we actually linked to your article that you had. I guess it was a former player um, out of the mm-hmm. state that had kind of talked about 
you know, I guess he went D1 and then realized it wasn't all he had dreamed it to be. And then, so like, that was another story that I really enjoyed reading from your guys' site. And we had linked to that a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. So you guys aren't, you know, totally new news for the people who listen to the podcast, but you know, I will link to that article again um, for those that may have missed it the first time around. Awesome. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Cause that, that article right there is a, a lot of the reason why, why we started um, Texas lacrosse news was just to give insight to, to people down here and really all over. Um, there is a little section there that, that uh, I, I would like to highlight um, featuring players in the NCAA. And we basically do that, you know, um, Dan Morris, who was an all American goalie mm-hmm. in Maryland. Um, awesome. Awesome kid. I, I kind of had him basically talk about his hardships at Maryland. Everybody sees him playing on game day and, and starting the past two years and winning a national championship. Uh, but he went through a lot of just kind of setbacks and hard times before he did that. And it's really easy now just to kind of come home or, or again, just being down here, your friends, their winter in February is like 67 degrees and you're <laughs> – you know, it's 17, Coach Tillman's yelling at you, and you can't do anything right. And it's just so easy to want to come home. And um, being a student athlete is much harder than I think what, you know, especially like what I thought it was going to be like when I was in high school. So that's one thing that we do is just talk to these current college and former college players and just ask them to to kind of talk about the parts that suck about being a college athlete so that, that people really understand that, yes, it's awesome and playing games is the greatest, but there's just so much more to that college athletic experience um, than, again, just on game day. Yeah, and I'll definitely I'll find that one and link to that one as well because I actually met Dan. He was part of our um, – when I worked at ESPN, we ran an event called the Warrior 40, and he was one of the goalies. Um, I think the last hmm. year we did it, I think he played – I may have it wrong. We did it two years in heart at in Harvard, and then we did it one year in Denver. And I think he participated in the Denver one. Um, it's been so long, and I'm getting old, so my memory isn't what it used <laughs> to be. But yeah, so it's it's actually kind of refreshing to hear. Like you know, it's like every, you, like you said, I watched that national championship game, and I was like, oh, I know that kid. I met him when he was in high school, or yeah. you know, just maybe just graduated high school, and then but to hear that you know. There's there's more to the story than just yes. you know hoisting a trophy at the end of the thing. There's a lot of hard work and maybe a lot of not great days to get to that point. And yep, absolutely. Yeah, so that's great. I'll definitely find that link to it. And thank you for you know sharing stories like that. I think that's that needs to be something people kind of take into account when it comes to all this. You know, it's may mm-hmm. not be what you think it might be um, right. from the outset, or you know, when you're just looking at it from the outside the superficial top level stuff. So that's fantastic. So Ryan, again, thank you for being on man. And you have a wonderful evening. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me on and and you guys do the same. All right. Thanks Ryan. I hope everybody enjoyed that interview with Ryan Cassidy of Texas lacrosse news.com. Again, if you didn't get the sense when we were talking to him, Texas is a massive state to try and cover and he does a phenomenal job. So please Give him a shout-out on Twitter, Instagram, and check out his website and all the links that are on laxrecords.com. So before we get into the next segment where we talk to Archbishop Moeller, head coach Sean McGinnis, I wanted to make a quick little announcement because just in the past couple days, I finally got some new T-shirt designs. I've been wanting to create shirts for players who reach 
certain milestones. So 200 Club, 300 Club, etc. I now have t-shirts available on the website. You can go to laxrecords.com slash gear and you can see the availability. Um, all the shirts are available in multiple colors. And of course, I still have the player to watch shirts and the OG Make History shirt. Also, there's stickers, stickers, wall tapestries, and a couple other things available. All the purchases that you make through there really help go a long way into supporting Lax Records and helping us continue the work that we're trying to do. So without further ado, now we're going to interview Archbishop Moeller head coach Sean McGinnis. Michael and I are here with Archbishop Moeller head coach Sean McGinnis. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So you guys, I know uh, most people probably listen to this uh, later in the week since we're recording this on Wednesday, but... You guys had a pretty big announcement today, so I'll kind of let you fill us in and make the announcement here as well. Yeah, it was a good day for us. We announced today that uh, we're going to play our uh, 2019 home game versus uh, X uh, at Nippert Stadium on the campus of uh, University of Cincinnati. Uh, we believe this is the, the first uh, ever boys high school, even maybe even just like men's, high school or men's uh, lacrosse uh, game inside Nippert uh, ever. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, really owe a lot of credit to our athletic director, Mike Asbeck, uh, who put this together. He's got a good relationship with the um, athletic department down at UC. And uh, Moeller has some high-profile games there for football uh, throughout the fall, uh, usually there once or twice. Uh, a year and you know through that that network and that connection uh, I think to start about a year ago Mike asked me he's like we need to to get a uh, a game down at UC and, and make this uh, a premier game and and venue for everyone in Cincinnati so uh, you know we're pretty pretty excited about it I think it's going to be great for Southern Ohio I think it's, uh, it's going to be good that you got two great programs going head-to-head Friday night under lights uh, on UC, so yeah, I was looking forward. To I was going to ask, like, how did how did I mean? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but how did this kind of get started? Like, was this something you had mentioned to your AD, but like, you know, we'd really like to do this, or was it just based on like, hey, we do it for football, let's expand it? Like, how did it kind of get? Like, what brought the idea upon you guys? We uh we don't have a, a home field, and we have uh, a real nice uh, practice facility uh, behind our our school we have two turf fields but we have no lights so we've always had to go somewhere for uh for games that are, are in the evenings uh during the week and we did we started talking about this about a year ago and and maybe even beyond maybe it's you know a couple years ago we just said you know how great would it be to go down to uc and, and university of cincinnati has a couple different facilities they've got shakely field which is the football practice field uh, they've got uh, Gettler uh, Field, which is where I believe a lot of the home games for the women's team is, and soccer. Uh, so we had some opportunities uh, to use different facilities. And then through just uh, you know, talking to UC and, and kind of figuring out you know, what they can do as far as putting lines down for the boys game, uh, the, the uh, person in charge of facilities got back to our athletic director and said, you know, and we could put this inside Nipper, and it could be a really cool event. And we're like, heck yeah! <laughs> so, um, I just, you know, like I said, I think it's going to be great. Um, you know, historically, whether it's a home game for Moeller, where we used to play our home games at night, or uh, over at St. X. I mean, you know, 
we usually average about, a, you know, maybe a couple hundred people, uh, you know, there for a regular season. You know, if we get the chance to play each other in the playoffs, usually uh, regional semis or the regional finals, I mean, we can get crowds upwards of, you know, maybe a thousand, you know, maybe a little more. So we're hoping that because of, you know, a, a venue like Nippert um, and uh, just, you know, having two good programs like us and St. X, you know, we're hoping a lot of people will come out and watch us uh, and uh, it'll be a good, good game. And so what, what did the, what was the player's reaction when uh, you told him? Well, we told, we told him last night, we told him like, you have to like get off. You can't like, like tweet anything out for 24 <laughs> hours. Um, but we told him after our, our, uh, our lifting session and uh, they got, they got pretty rowdy and they got really excited and, you know, our seniors were, were pretty excited that uh, this is something that they can kind of put an exclamation point on their their senior year and their four years at Moeller playing in this venue. And, uh, you know, we hope to do some things with maybe some local companies, local lacrosse companies, you know, uh, whether it's Spectrum Sports. You know, they tend to carry like uh, like a high school spotlight game of the week or maybe even reaching out to lacrosse sport network, you know. We really want to make this, you know, something that if we can produce something really well in, in the University of Cincinnati and the athletic department says, wow, for a, a uh, uh, you know, regular season match on a Friday night, you guys put, you know, three, four, five hundred people in the stadium for a lacrosse game. Maybe this can can grow and maybe this can be something where we can have a a, uh, a showcase somewhat of uh, the great high school lacrosse in Cincinnati. And so I guess my, my next question is, so did all the kids actually keep it off social media for 24? I, I think so. I think so. I think so. I'm sure that I'm sure they told uh, a couple parents, uh, uh, you know, about, about what's going on. But, yeah, I think they, they kind of kept it, you know, on the download for a little while, <laughs> you know, so we, we can make a big splash. We, we have a, a communications director that does an awesome job getting news out to people. And, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. So, I mean, this is, and, you know, like I said, we play football. We have, you know, usually Moeller St. X will, will play a game down there. This, this fall we played elder uh, down at UC and it was a blast. Uh, our, our kids kind of get up for, for games like that. And soccer has played uh, at least one or two regular season games down at UC uh, on their soccer stadium. So, you know, we feel, you know, this is my sixth season and, you know, we need to do something like this. And, I mean, this is one of three different locations this year. We actually, on April 13th, we're going to be playing after uh, the Cleveland State Robert Morris game. Uh, so we're going to play San Ignatius at Cleveland State on April 13th. And early on, like the, I think the first weekend of the season, we're going up to the Machine Fortress Field and uh, playing in the Ohio Machine, you know, high school uh, uh, event up there. And we're playing Old Tangy up there. So, you know, we kind of felt like, we're getting to the point where, um, you know, we, we've had success as a program and it's time to kind of get out there and, you know, do, uh, you know, get, get to maybe some, some venues, like some college places, if, if we can play some games there, Yeah. you know, honestly, you know, thinking about this all started, I just, just kind of had a thought, you know, this all started actually three years ago, we were going to travel to, uh, to Notre Dame actually. And, um, play uh play up at notre dame after uh one or before one of the games um i think we were going to play st biter uh i can't remember off the top of my head but um we were going to play a game and a freak storm came through like friday night 
and uh, just there's way too much ice and snow to <laughs> to travel up 31 up to, to Notre Dame. So we, we kind of put the kibosh on that and uh, went back to the drawing board, and I think we came out uh, you know better on this time around. So. Yeah, obviously kind of being in your guys' backyard a little bit. You, you know, you kind of touched on it like a little bit, but what does this kind of mean for, you know, or what impact do you think it has on just the profile of lacrosse in the, the Cincinnati area to have – you know, and for anybody who doesn't know, like you guys and St. X, that's the two first two official, like the sanctioned state championships. Obviously, there was many before this sport was uh, sanctioned by the state, but you guys won the first one, and then St. X won it all last year. So this is two state champions, <laughs> the past two state champions going against each other too. But so, what do you think it means for the profile of the sport in the Cincinnati area to have it at a big time stadium? I, I just think that it shows that. You know, we're, we, we've caught up to Central Ohio. I mean, I, I coached in Central Ohio for you know, a long time before coming down here. And, uh, you know, even three, four, five years ago, people kind of still talk about, uh, well, you know, Cleveland, it's Central Ohio, Cleveland, Cincinnati. And you know, I, think, I think we can use you know, our success the last two years, you know, Muller and St. X success the last two years to say, you know, we're, we're right there with Central Ohio. And you know, I, I think people look at it from a, a success on the field. I think they look at it from, you know, where kids are going to play after high school is, you know, that's the measuring stick for how good a lacrosse program is. And I just think that, you know, between us, St. X, I think Mason and, and Loveland and Marymount that division two, and there's a lot of schools down here that, that can play at a high level. And uh, like I said before, I think you know, if we can kick off something that, you know, this turns into a, a more regional showcase of of the high school talent that you know i just think it bodes well you know uh for the growth of the game and uh you know hopefully from a recruiting standpoint too yeah and i and i saw it was years ago i mean we were going probably back to maybe 2007 2008 but i actually saw a foot, uh, high school football game they played there was a uh and they may still do it but they played a series of uh high school football games at, at cincinnati um, for a few years, and DeMatha Catholic out of Maryland, they played St. Xavier yeah. um, in the game, and I was at that game, and that was one of the wildest games. And, you know, uh, the Maryland High School Football State Championships, they play at Raven Stadium, but, I mean, that holds 70-some thousand people, and they, they might have filled it with seven, but it still feels empty. But at Cincinnati, like, St. Xavier, like, they came out in force. Like, it was impressive to see yeah. how many kids. And yeah. DeMatha traveled really well. And it was funny to see because they had the different teams. They would come in for their teams, and then they would leave, and then the next group of fans would come in. And it was yeah. – that was a blast to be on the sideline and watch that. So hopefully you guys get the same kind of energy and atmosphere because there's, there's just something about seeing a high school lacrosse game in a, a big-time stadium like that that just feels yeah. different. Well, I, it's funny. So uh, I think like 2000. 2000- 12 or 13. So, um, you know, Moeller high school football won a state title, I think in, in 2012 and 13. So 2012, I think Gilman came out here and played. And I, I, I went out, uh, this is probably about, uh, this is our first summer in the national high school lacrosse showcase. And I'm talking to, I'm checking in and Bobby Shriver's there. And, you know, he's like, Oh, Moeller. He's like, yeah, like you guys have a great football team. You know, you talked about the Gilman Moeller football team that, uh, or the football game that was played. And, you know, so yeah, it's been something that, uh, I think someone had put together for a long time, the 
some type of show showcase uh, for a lot of high schools and not just the the private but the public mm-hmm. high schools too and it's kind of kind of gone away and within the last year or two I, I don't know if it has to do with NCA rules or something like that but um, you know I, regardless if it's on a, uh, a college state uh, college location I think having a uh, again a, like a, some type of showcase some type of event where we can you know show everyone in the community there's a lot of good lacrosse here uh and and things i just think it just promotes the game uh, that much more yeah i had to chuckle because on your announcement i saw immediately people were asking me like we should make it a whole day or a whole weekend of lacrosse. right it's right like, you got the- <laughs> let's just start let's start with one and see where we go <laughs> yeah it was like i was like but it was nice to see everybody was so excited about it we're like all right now we want more yeah. <laughs> we need more of those games so yeah. you can well, even see just from that reaction on you know, how it kind of gets the community um, a little bit psyched up about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now, now we just got to, now we got to go to work tomorrow during lifting and, and conditioning and, and really get, you know, locked in and make sure that uh, our kids are doing the right things to get prepared for. Yeah. The that's season. the crazy thing. We made the announcement today, but we're still, you guys are still weeks away from the, the start of yeah. the year. So yeah, I think it'll give them a little motivation. Yeah. So. so Michael, do you have any, I know uh, you, you love the Midwest and this has got to be exciting for you. You got anything for, for coach McGinnis? Well, it's not so much of a question. It's just, I always think Ohio is as far as the Midwest goes, Ohio's the first, the first one for lacrosse. You know, it, it sort of moved in when Ohio, Michigan, um, Illinois, Indiana, it sort of moves that way. So this is a great, great thing for for the mid the Midwest lacrosse community. Um, where I would love to know, um, are you going to be able to use the whole facility? Like, will the boys get to go into the locker rooms? Will the scoreboards be used? I mean, to really give that that uh, the whole feeling of the the college stadium. Yeah, no, I, I <coughs> excuse me. I my uh, my first conversation with the AD. You know, I think it was, um, you know, that we would be able to at least be able to run things on the field um, if we weren't able to get the scoreboard and things like that. I, I hope in future talks, um, you know, we we'll definitely be able to to do the scoreboard and and things like that. I I think. Uh, uh, you know, being year one, uh, you know, we're still kind of trying to figure out, you know, is are we going to just sit everyone on one side? Or are we going to allow people to, you know, sit everywhere, sit where they want? You know, there's no uh, nets, you know, along the, the end line. So, you know, they're probably going to have to kind of keep an eye on that as far as, you know, balls ricocheting off uh, like the student section of UC. It's like a mini brick wall there. So, you know, th- there's obviously some things that, and we still have to iron out and I'm, I'm hoping, you know, at least from a, you know, a scoreboard standpoint and, and things like that, you know, we'll be able to, to use uh, that in the locker rooms. And I, I just think, yeah, I mean, the, the more we can expose guys to, to something like this, uh, you know, it just makes for a great high school lacrosse experience. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and another thing I think is these are the types of things that I love to sit there and, as I've said before, shout from the rooftops. This is this yeah. is official. This is big. I mean, the game was big anyway. It was a big game regardless. I mean, that's a big game. Yeah. To have it in such a, a, a big venue, a great venue, it makes it even bigger. And, and you know, I want to say to all the Cincinnati uh, area lacrosse fans, which I've, you know, heard from a lot of, um, <laughs> they need to come and support it. 
even if it's not their teams, even if they might hate Moeller or they might hate <laughs> Zanex, they need to come and support it because it could be their team next year. It could be a couple teams. You need to make this one big to make it continue. I, I, I can't stress that enough. I know, I know you will, and I know you're trying to get it out. I will also help. I also want it to be big because imagine like when you were saying that people might want to go and, and say, let's make a whole day of it. Well, if you did a doubleheader, and kept the fans there and had, I mean, there's so many opportunities. It's this one is the one that's kicking off and you really need to, uh, to show up and and make it. So that's a big thing. You know, I mean, you know, you want to shoot for the stars, you know, it's, uh, if UCC is like, Hey, we're getting, you know, some of the best lacrosse teams in the area playing and we're getting this many people to come attend, you know, maybe it's going to kick off a conversation with someone to say, why aren't we going to, uh, when, when is UC going to field a, a men's division one team at UC, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, uh, an opportunity for us to, to, to really show people, you know, the game of lacrosse, uh, you know, obviously it's a, it's an East coast sport and uh, it's a well-established sport out there, but the kids in Cincinnati can play at a, at a pretty high level. Uh, and they can play it quick and fast and athletic, and uh, it'd be a lot of fun for even the people who don't know much about the game. Especially in a great venue, especially in a great venue like that, yeah. it'd be fun. I'll tell you, Mike. I'll tell you, if you guys can make it down there, they'll, you know, we'll definitely get you on the sideline, and you know, maybe a few skyline uh, conies out. Oh, yeah, the old sky- <laughs> well, I, I, I was planning on it coming to the original the game before it was there, and then it's yeah. April fifth, right? April fifth is that the date? April 5th, right. yeah, Friday. April That's 5th, right in the yeah. middle of our uh, spring break. And as I said to my wife, I said, yeah, I might have to leave, come home early. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, are you out of your mind? I'm like, no. I said, that, how about, I go, I'd much rather go see this than sit in Florida somewhere and drive home 12 hours or whatever. <laughs> right. So uh, most likely I will be there. Um, and I know Carmel is actually doing some games here. So there's there's stuff going on. But that was that was circled. That was one of the one of the games like that, that's a as far as midwest lacrosse goes that's a must see game st x smaller yeah. um sort of st ignatius smaller is another big one i mean that's these are big big games that need to be promoted as i've said because if we promote the big guys and the big names you get interest and then it, it helps everybody right so that's well we don't have yeah and we don't have we don't have an miaa to where you know it's it's a big game every week or every, you know, couple of days there. I mean, you know, Titans of, you know, high school lacrosse are facing mm-hmm. off and, uh, you know, or like in, in, in Long Island where, you know, you're getting, you know, a, a two big games uh, or, or two big teams playing almost on a weekly basis. You know, there's some big games in central Ohio, you know, when, you know, Upper Arlington, you know, plays Kaufman or Jerome or, uh, you know, Olin Tangy Liberty plays, uh, you know, a Kilbourne or an Upper Arlington, and again, you know, when Central Ohio plays the, you know, Cleveland, and and when Cleveland plays Cincinnati, I mean, they're they're big games, and so the, we don't have maybe something like an MIAA, but you look down, you know, some of the, you know, the top five, top ten high school programs, regardless Division One, Division Two, there's some big games in the spring, and you know, hopefully this catches on, and you know, maybe. You know, Cleveland State, you know, invites some people and maybe Ohio State starts to invite some people. I mean, that would be spectacular to play in the shoe. I mean, you get to play in the shoe in the summertime when you go to team camp and stuff. But, I mean, it'd be pretty spectacular to say you got to play a lacrosse game. In the yeah, that's that's so. what I was wondering. Like, as far as um, 
the high school football champions. Do they play that in, in the shoe? They did for a while. I mean, historically, they go up to Canton, okay. Okay. Um, and they, they've played it in Canton for a long time. And um, every so often, they come down to Columbus. Uh, they were in Columbus the last like for the last two years uh, while Canton was redoing uh, the stadium and everything. So this past fall, uh, they were back up in Canton, and they're up there for, I think, the foreseeable future. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they've they've had state football games in there, and, you know, you're putting – a lot of fans in there watching that. So um, I know like the state championship for lacrosse is at Ohio Wesleyan. I mean, you can't get a much more historical lacrosse venue than, you know, Ohio Wesleyan, oh, right. that... you know, and all their, all their history. And, but, you know, I think it takes it up a notch if, you know, you could eventually play like a state tournament at, at, in the shoe. Or yeah, something that would like be, that. that would be awesome. I mean, that would be, I mean, I see something like, I could see Michigan doing something like that, like saying, let's play it at Michigan state or university of Michigan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and those are, but that's great. And that's, you know, it's a credit to your AD uh, and a credit to San X's AD and university of Cincinnati for, for having the foresight to do this. I think this is something that's going to be a start of something great um, because I think it's, it's like catching lightning in a bottle. Not only do I think we're at peak lacrosse in the Midwest. I think we're at the highest it's ever been throughout the Midwest, and the and the interest is at its highest. Then to do stuff like this, it's it's just a it's. I think it's just perfect. I think it's perfect. I'm happy about it, um, and I can't stress enough. I hope people flood the place and have a great time. That's I you know I'm I'm yeah, sure it's going to be a great game. <laughs> just to have a great time, that'd be that'll be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I think the excitement that we saw just on Twitter based around this game, it kind of goes to show like you. you it helped, you know, it kind of helps, you know, even though it's a great game, no matter where you got, you guys can play it in the uh, parking lot somewhere. It's still going to be a great game, but you know, it's oh, yeah. about saying like, Oh, you get to play in a division one college stadium. That becomes like, it just, it ramps it up a little bit more. And like Michael said, yep. like, I think it's like, it, it doesn't matter if you have no dog in the fight. If you hate both dogs in the fight, it's worth going out to support this game because you never know what, you know, the second year doesn't happen. If this one, doesn't take off so if people see that there's an interest there right. and you can and do it you can build upon it and move it forward well like like i said you know, i was thinking today you know uh, like i said we don't we uh you know we have our fields behind our our school but you know if if this works out and things it's received well you know then you know from from a molar standpoint you know maybe next year we're playing, you know, a different high school. You know, maybe we have the opportunity to bring in a Carmel or a Cathedral or, you know, a, an Ignatius or an Upper Arlington. Uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, a great opportunity in front of us. We just got to get this first one under our belt, and uh, you know, hopefully the Men and Moeller can come out on top. This <laughs> that was well, that was going to be the next question. How are you? Gonna, <laughs> how, how are you looking this year? How do you think? I mean, we, I know you and I have talked about it, about, you know, the outlook for uh, Ohio this year, but I mean, that's, if, if we're looking at it, those are, those are two of the top five teams in this, in the state. And I mean, that's going to set the, the tone pretty darn early. Yeah. You know, it usually does. Um, you know, we, I mean, historically we've, uh, we've come up short in the regular season against St. X for one reason or another. And then when, you know, we, we meet them in the, the playoffs, um, you know, two out of the, the five years we've, we've come out flat, 
Um, and last year, you know, we just, we, you know, kind of, you know, got caught by a buzzsaw between uh, Charlie Williams and Donnie Stock at the faceoff X. And then, uh, you know, Morocco um, down at, down at the attack. And, um, you know, this year, I think we've got some great leadership uh, with 10 great seniors uh, that, uh, you know, know, they know what it's like to win a state title. Um, they know what work uh, that uh, is needed to, to get, uh, you know, to the last game of the season. So I think, uh, you know, with that, with the leadership and the, the uh, renewed focus, I think uh, we're going to have a, you know, pretty successful uh, season. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'll tell you what, if you look at the, uh, here's the shameless plug, uh, the, the lax records uh, players to watch list, which I was just, you know, going over before, before we got on uh, th- this podcast you look at the players to watch in all the in, in in a lot of the age groups there is a lot of molar kids on there and i i sort of was like wow there is they're loaded so uh you know if it holds true and and you know mike's investigative reporting and in, in getting that uh, you know there's you got some talent and uh so it's again it should be great i can't wait i really can't wait now nah, well we uh you know, we're looking forward to, two and, you know, four weeks out um, before the first day we can practice, and, you know, the, the rain came through today. So the fields are not snow covered anymore. So, you know, we're ready to, to get outside and, and get some, uh, you know, running and, and things like that going with the boys and uh, keep them getting in shape and getting ready for the season. That's great to hear. Great to hear. Mike. Yep. Yeah. I, I, Agree. I can't wait. I can't. You know, it's hard to believe you said four weeks. You know, I guess I'm focused because Florida and California are starting a good bit earlier. So it's hard to yeah. believe. It's like, all right, you know, we made the announcement. And like, I cannot wait for the the season to get here. It cannot get here fast enough for me. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And you know, Coach, good luck this season. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk. So you know, um, I'm really excited. And uh, like I said, good good luck this year. No, thank you, and uh, you know, appreciate all everything you guys do to to promote the game and promote high school players, uh, you know, Midwest and across the country. Thank it's you. our pleasure. <laughs> Literally, could not do it without you. So, yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Right, thank you. Thanks, Coach. Right. So that was a a pretty fantastic uh, talk with Coach McGinnis. I know you're excited, and I'm excited about the the Molar Saint X game, and it's just it's kind of amazing how just the announcement that you're getting played um, at a, at a major universities uh, stadium kind of just adds that little bit of extra um, to a game like that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's just a wonderful thing. Uh, I, I hope it continues. Like, as I said to, to coach McGinnis that, that you know, I don't want to put pressure on them, but do it great. So it'll continue. It's, they're sort of the Guinea pig, but you know, this isn't the first time it's been in some, I mean, I know, you know, these, places where you've talked about that there's been in college stadiums or, or these new soccer stadiums. So that's, uh, that's the mile high stadium, but those are some of the other places that they've been played. So I, I know you wanted to dig into that too. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty interesting because it was one of those, like I, I, you know, anybody who watches the Under Armour all American game and you can watch that on TV, like for years it was played at the university. And then the last couple of years, it was played um, at Johns Hopkins, which, I mean, you can't get much more legendary stadium than, um, than, than Hopkins. So that's always fantastic. But it kind of got me – it really sent me down a rabbit hole because I was trying to think, I'm like, oh, what other games do I know of that have been played in, in major stadiums? And so I had sent something out on Twitter to people, and I was really impressed with the response I got. Like, people were really quick to share 
um, their experiences. And I probably won't be able to cover all of them here. So I'm going to uh, just kind of hit a, hit a few of the highlights. And I know one of the ones um, that I, I know is a pretty big one is DeMatha out of Maryland, DeMatha Catholic, who we just I mentioned the football program with Coach McGinnis, and LaSalle College out of Pennsylvania. They play at the U.S. Naval Academy every year, but it's called the Fallen Hero Classic, and it's an honor like – they each have a um, alum who were buddies at the U.S. Naval Academy, and they both lost their lives. So that's one of those events that, you know, yeah, it's played at the U.S. Naval Academy, so it's a big stadium, but also it adds a little bit extra. So that's always a, uh, a highlight game for both of those programs and their fans. Like, they always come out, and it's, it's a huge um, support. Um, and then I know, for me, it's, it wasn't a high school game, but I, I – uh, the warrior 40 event and it's years old, but when I worked at ESPN, we ran an event called the warrior 40 that brought a lot of the, like 44 of the top juniors or rising. Like they weren't seniors yet rising seniors. Um, and the first two years we played it at Harvard. And like, I remember talking to the kids about that and how excited they were. And I know, I think the Massachusetts state championship games, they're played at Harvard. So for the Massachusetts kids, there was a kid from Duxbury there whose name is going to slip my mind right now. And he was like, yeah, we're here every year because Duxbury was basically in that championship game every year. So for him, it was old hat. But for all the other kids, it was pretty present. Like I remember talking to Lyle Thompson and he was like, it's just, I mean, I think it's the oldest, oldest stadium in the, in the country. So it's just got that, it carries that history. And I think there's just something, I mean, it's a huge concrete stadium. um, And being in that bowl was just, it was intimidating. You can kind of see. So, you know, it was, that was a fun place to, to, to solve, but, or to experience. But, you know, I know someone uh, on Twitter said the North Carolina state championships used to be played at Duke. Um, and I know the King of spring tournament, which I think actually some Midwest teams, maybe I, I can't remember if there's a Midwest team heading the King of spring. They usually play at Duke, but they, I think they play on the um, outside fields. They don't play in the stadium. So it's, it's pretty exciting to see, how many people um, kind of reached out and I'll probably link to some of these in the, in the show notes just to kind of give a highlight since we're not going to be able to mention them all. But what, what's your take on the high school games getting played in, in these big stadiums? Well, I think for big games, I think it, like, like we, we said earlier to coach McGinnis was it's, it's a spotlight and, and, and we want the spotlight. And, and, and when you get two really good high school teams, that's the best that's the best advertising for the sport because you could actually see it at a high level. Um, and, and it's, and it's great to watch. It's great. It's great lacrosse, but I mean, I, I can imagine it might be a little hard to play in like uh, in a huge stadium, but now some of these colleges are building lacrosse stadiums mm-hmm. like Notre Dame's uh, field, their stadium there for lacrosse is gorgeous yeah i mean you're like this is awesome uh i know duke's got one penn state's building one or it's built i mean i just saw it so if you start doing those things in these in the big uh, in the renewed um stadiums of these colleges that's first of all as a kid and as a player you you, you lose your mind yeah I i got to be on the ice at the old um uh, Chicago Stadium before it was the United Center, you know, mm-hmm. before and, and just being in the locker room. That's why I asked Coach McGinnis. I'm like, are they going to get to go in the locker room? Because to see the college locker rooms and the walkout, that is that is the greatest. So I hope this continues. I really do. Um, I'm looking at some of the notes. Um, just, you know, Ponte Vedra, Florida plays at Jacksonville. Uh, 
did you see Jacksonville's facilities? Have you seen the Jack uh, Jacksonville's Division One facilities? They're unbelievable. Yeah, I've seen on Instagram. <laughs> right, they're unbelievable. I'm like, this place spends a ton of dough. It just looks so cool that you'd love to play it. So you know, I hope it can. Actually, I would like to see more high schools. You know, I know money's tight and whatever, but you know, soccer stadiums like at Carmel, they have a soccer lacrosse their own stadium Mm -hmm. which is which is great uh some places don't even have football fields they have to go off so if you could get something but you know anywhere to to get kids to have a little more fun to get a little more excitement that makes the difference in in promoting the sport yeah and you know to your point like i I, sometimes like because for years i covered uh high school football in maryland so and they play their state championship games at Raven Stadium, um, as I kind of mentioned to Coach McGinnis. And it's one of those, like, the kids love it because they get to go in the locker room. They get to walk out of the tunnel. So, like, I remember for the first couple of years, like, they're like, we're walking out of the same tunnel as Ray Rice. So then you have some of the kids that uh, uh, they were uh, – uh, Ray Lewis, sorry, not Ray Rice. Completely different player, not someone you want to mimic. <laughs> so, um, we'll leave that whole sentence out. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they would mimic uh, Ray Lewis's entrance to the, you know, as they walk out of the stadium. So the kids love it. And, you know, but you would look in the stadium and it, the state championships, they, they drew more fans than anywhere else, like any other um, high school football game. But you have also have to imagine, I mean, and I know I've heard the complaint with the NCAA championship game being played at Gillette is you can fill seven to 10,000 people there, but if it's meant to hold 70, it feels empty. So, but, you know, for all the kids that I ever talked to that played in those games, they didn't care. They, you know, they were like, this is great. They just love the experience. So I have to imagine, like, you know, obviously, no matter how many people are in the stadium, but I know, like, I've been to that, the MIA championship games at Towson and Johns Hopkins, and that place is rocking. Like, they're they're full. So, some places even fill it at that at that um, level. But, you know, for the kids, it, I think, it, to your point, is it adds that little something extra. It makes it a little bit more fun, and I think they get a little bit more hyped up. Like, I think some coaches <laughs> realize, like, I've talked to so, – like they have to try to keep them calm before the game because oh, it's, sure. it's adding that extra oomph and they're just getting a little too ramped up a little too early. And they're like, save it for the game, save it for the field. I mean, when you talk about like these kids playing these games, so coming from Illinois, as you know, they play the high school football championships at University of Illinois or Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, that's nice. I mean, Northern Illinois, you know, some high school stadiums are nicer. Uh, <laughs> University of Illinois, it's a very, it's a Big Ten college. It's nice. I, I would much rather play in Soldier Field. You know, I, I come to Il- Indiana, and they play their state championships in Lucas Oil Stadium. Wow. It's a dome. It's yeah. closed. I mean, it's a party. I, it's, they play all of them. So they do, you know, four games one day, four, back to back. I was in a skybox watching the game. I'm like, this is unbelievable. It, and they do it pretty – they fill it pretty darn good. And then they darkened out like the next level. So it, it didn't look like you were overwhelming. And all I keep right. thinking is hearing this is like, may, maybe Indiana should try to do their lacrosse tournament there. You know, it's got a dome. It's never going to get rained out. Right. Let's, you know, it can't, it can't hurt to ask, you know, we're trying to get that thing started, but that's the kind of stuff that would be that, that makes it uh, worth it. I guess, you know, 
you'd love it. I'd love it. Yeah. I'd love to go and watch it there. I can't wait to go and see this game at uh, University of Cincinnati. Hopefully, yeah. I come home from my spring break and do it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I definitely it's a definite. That's a that's a must. Yeah. So, this is a great thing. Yeah, and you know, I didn't put this in the the, the notes, but I'm going to put you on the spot because I want to answer. Like, if there's a if there's one stadium, doesn't matter where, that you could get to see a high school lacrosse game. Like, where where would the one place you would love to see something be played? Oh, uh, well, this is people who know me will probably. I mean, it could be anywhere. Like, we're just just yeah, football. just just the dream. You, you can pick. It doesn't. We're not even going to worry about what teams you'd want to see. It's just where would you want to see a high school lacrosse game played? I think it would be cool to play it in something like uh, like like an old stadium, like a Wrigley Field. Like, I mean, if if we got to go, if we're going crazy like that, <laughs> like, like, like a, like a Wrigley field or a, or a, or a Fenway park type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but if it was a stadium thing, I, I prefer like a smaller stadium um, to make it look cool. I, I don't know if you've ever been to um, a tennis, a tennis stadium. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple. So there's a place in Indian Wells, California. They have their. It's fantastic, or or the or Flushing Meadows, New York. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing where I'm like, this would be a great place to have a lacrosse game because it's it circles the whole thing, and you're right on top of it. So anything where you could sort of look right down would be great. But I think some of these old historic parks uh, would be cool. I mean, that's just that's just me. I, I the big stadiums with a hundred thousand, that might be too big. Yeah. I mean, what about you? The uh, the, the kind of I guess winter classic version of high school lacrosse that that would be actually kind of cool to see some of the you know maybe on like a, a Fenway Park or you know Wrigley Field or someplace like that. Like I, I probably wouldn't go for some of the newer stadiums, but you know definitely uh, Wrigley, yeah, you know Fenway. Those kind of would be no no brainer set. Good good answer on that one. I wasn't thinking the the baseball stuff. Right, I mean, and I can't stand the Cubs. I'm a White Sox fan. So that's <laughs> so people who would listen to this and know me that like Wrigley Field seriously, but. But you know, I was there for the Hawks game, the Blackhawks playing the Red Wings a few uh, years back. Yeah, it's just cool. It's just, it's not the greatest stadium. It's it's actually sort of a dump, but the the atmosphere. So that's you know, atmosphere with lacrosse, and when you put it as the Winter Classic, that's exactly how I'm figuring it. Yeah, my idea is. Yeah, because obviously, anytime you convert a stadium like that to you know, uh, a sport that it's not used to. It just, you kind of get that feel. So I think that's what they've gone with. And obviously it's been successful for hockey, um, to, and, you know, plus playing outdoors. But so that would, wouldn't be unique to, for lacrosse fans. But, you know, I think playing those kind of just unique at, I think this whole topic has just been playing someplace unique, um, adds that something extra, uh, for me. And this probably has more to do with the fact that I've just never seen a game there. And I've just, it's, it's on my bucket list to go. But seeing a game played at the University of Michigan at the Big House, like that's a place <laughs> I've always wanted to see a game. And I know, like, you wouldn't be able to get a hundred thousand people in there. But so it would probably a high school lacrosse game might not be the same atmosphere. But that's a place I've always wanted to to see a game. And if I'm going to dream about a place, I'm like, oh, you know, might as well get to a place that I I, I want to see anyway. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is they play tournaments there. They have lacrosse. There was there was a tournament or like a showcase there a couple months back. Okay. So all the kids were out on the field. I mean, yeah, one of imagine the... walking out to that. Just, you know, because that's such a strange-looking place. It doesn't look like it's so big. And then you walk in and you just look down and you're like, wow, is this amazing. So, yeah, that's, again, you're not going to get – it would be unbelievable if you got 100,000 people. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I, can you imagine that? Oh. I mean, I, I would think maybe Michigan, maybe, I don't know where they play the Michigan high school football championships. I mean, I'm sure they're not bringing in a hundred thousand people in no, Michigan God football, don't. but you know, they probably fill it more, but you know, one of those things, like, if you're going to dream, like, we'll do a tournament. We'll bring in, like, you know, 10 teams, and maybe we, maybe we can get right. 20,000. Maybe you can get, right. <laughs> I mean, didn't they do – well, even for college, I think uh, I think they played at Ohio State, Michigan, in the big house, but they had the Ohio State spring game afterwards. So, like, in the first half of the game, there was, like, a 1,000 people at the college lacrosse game. And then it, at the second half of the game, there was like twenty to thirty thousand because they're all there for the for the football spring spring game. But I'm like, this is genius. It was a yeah. great idea, and it was Michigan Ohio State. So it, there was they got into it, and and that's that's the kind of genius thinking that that needs to be done to promote our sport. Yeah, and obviously with the, with them, you get you get that rivalry. It doesn't matter what oh, sport they're on. Those right, two schools. Just that that's that hatred <laughs> those two programs are gonna that's gonna live no matter what sport it is so yeah they're, they're definitely one of the unique right actually that's one of the i have two sets of mini helmets that i've glued together and it's the michigan ohio state because for me that's one of my favorite rivalries even you know and going back to when i was a kid and i'm facing east coast guy so you know that's right. uh, been one of my favorite sporting right football rivalries for going back decades so but yeah i thought that would be uh, a fun little uh, quiz. So, like, I would I would love to hear from anybody else out there who's listening. You can always hit us up on Twitter. Love to hear your dream scenario or your dream stadium of uh, where you'd want to see a high school lacrosse game played. And obviously, nothing's off limits if we pick the baseball stadium. So, if you want right. to see it played, if you want to see it played, not, you know, at a hockey place, like, okay, right. why not? I, I mentioned a tennis stadium and a baseball uh, stadium. So that's. I guess that, you know, anything's available. You know, yeah. I have a quick question that I thought you'd know because now I'm thinking about it. Um, the movie Broken Arrows, remember that movie, the lacrosse movie? Yes, with Brandon Ralph. Yes. Yes. Where were they? What high Were they playing at a high school out in, in Maryland? What was that stadium? Um, I think it was what? someone's high school. It's been so long since I've seen the movie. I don't remember because I can't visualize it because I remember. The movie was okay. It was kind of weird. Oh, yeah, it was like no, I watched yeah. it and I was like, okay. Right. Um, but I feel like I should know it because I actually I went to the U.S. Lacrosse Convention the year it came out, and I was among one of the group that got the and the producers and the director of the movie. And I know, and for me that that ended up being one of the things because he was just coming off uh, playing Superman. Right. So for me, so for me, I was like, oh my god, I get to meet Superman. Like you know. 30-year-old man, I'm still acting like a kid. <laughs> you, know, you try to act professional in situations, but sometimes, you know, your, your your inner child just gets the better of you. But I can't remember. I know they mentioned it, and I can't remember where it is. So yeah, I, I'll look I, it up. It, it's one of the Maryland schools. I, like, Melbourne Prep, or I think it was. I, I'm, I, I keep forgetting. But that stadium looked so darn cool that I'm always like, I would love to play there. Like, so somebody's high school in Maryland – one of the top teams, Calvert Hall, it might have been. Would a Calvert yeah. Hall do they? They have a nice. It's like surrounded by a building. I. It sort of looks like Johns Hopkins. I thought maybe it could have been Hopkins, but um, I think it was Calvert Hall. You're th- if you're thinking about the one because one of my favorite places to watch a um, a lacrosse game in Maryland is uh, Loyola Blakefield. That could be it. They are because um, they are surrounded like they're. Um, 
butted up right against the building and with that, this that, gorgeous stained glass window. Um, that's it's, it. It's, it's, it's a gorgeous place. Like you just kind of can't help, but, um, be in awe. <laughs> like whatever. I think that's what I'm thinking of where I, I've seen that. I'm like, could you imagine playing lacrosse at this place every day or, you know, this is your stadium. And I've always thought that's, that's when I think of, if I wanted to build a lacrosse stadium, th- that's the picture in my eye. Just the picture I saw in that in the movie, and and because I think it was, it just looked so East Coast to me. Even though it's not, <laughs> it just seemed so like a cathedral a little bit. So that that might be it. So I mean, that's my dream type of place. If you're building something, say, oh, let's have the feel and and all that. Yeah, and I'll definitely I'll have to look that up because that's just going to send me down the rabbit hole because I feel right. like I should know that off the top of my head. But I said like, it's been been so long. Um, if we're going to that, like and I guess I have to give it a little bit of a shout out because Gonzaga out of DC, they play. They have a pretty unique um, experience there too because obviously they're they're really in the heart of DC. I actually got a parking ticket um, when I was visiting uh, visiting with their coach and some of their players one year. Because I apparently parked on a spot of DC I wasn't supposed to and didn't realize it. But <laughs> um, they're like right in the heart of DC, and their stadium is in kind of in the heart of their campus. I have to see if I can find a picture. Um, but so, like, whenever they go out and play their games, like, they're literally in the middle of uh, all their buildings. And it's just like, it's this gorgeous brick school with this thing that's kind of like the stadium is kind of sunk down. So, it's, um, people kind of sit at least a little bit above at least they did and i know they renovated it so hopefully it's somewhat like i'm explaining it but it's another gorgeous place to watch uh high school lacrosse games so like there's some definitely um unique places to play and i've been lucky enough to see some games at, at some of them i mean i've been to land i've been to a land in georgetown prep game and that's usually a pretty unique one um obviously not lacrosse but you know the i think they do it for the lacrosse games too where at prep, the students kind of run over the hill um, like seconds before the game starts. So it's that, that last minute intimidation thing. So there's, I know there's some good high school uh, traditions. And we might actually have to make that a future podcast, have some people yeah. and talk about the high school traditions and places to play. And definitely, if uh, your high school, your alma mater has got a unique place to play, we'd love to hear about it again. So, because I'm always, it's one of those like, I try to make a point to go to some places if nothing else, just to experience them at least once. That's why I made a trip to Culver Academy a few years ago. I was like, I want to see them, um, see that game played. And I know the Darien Niska Una game, um, Darien out of Connecticut, Niska Una out of New York, like they play a game usually every year. And for whatever reason, that's just a game that I'm like, I have to go see that game be played at some point in my life because those are two big name programs on the East coast. And, they always put on a good show and they've, they've always got division one players on the roster. So there's some definitely places that I want to see. So we'd love to hear what everybody else thinks and what games, what games do we need to see? What places do we need to see? So I'll just start checking them off the list. <laughs> well, now I, now one just popped in my head that you have an easier time than me. Uh, St. Ignatius college prep in Chicago. Uh, I'm assuming they play their lacrosse on their football field. Um, I don't know. I haven't been to a game there or whatever, but I know the school. First of all, the school looks like Hogwarts. I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's phenomenal looking. I mean, the school is phenomenal looking. I mean, everyone does refer to what they call it Hogwarts and then their state and then their football stadium is right behind it. And so as you're standing on the football field and sitting in the stands, you're looking at downtown Chicago. 
it's wow. it's unbelievable. And I just thought wow. of it. I'm like, wow, that would be a great place to watch a lacrosse game too at nighttime with that view. And then you can go to Taylor Street and get some good food afterwards. <laughs> so, so there. I might make a trip in for that. I might if Loyola's playing Ignatius there. That's like a nice rivalry between the two schools. I might uh, I'll have to look that I, up on the schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I might, that might be one I'd have to go to because yeah. that could be one of those those stadiums that you want to see. Yeah, and actually, I found it um, on IMDb. It says that the game, the movie Crooked Arrows, was filmed at St. John's Prep in Massachusetts. So not Loyola Academy. I've never seen a game at St. John's Prep, so um, don't know what that stadium looks like, but another older school so it's quite possible they have a, a maybe a similar setup um as Loyola Bugfield so that'll be uh I'll have to, wa- I'll have to watch the movie again because I think it's there on Netflix go. and then see if I recognize it because sometimes you know obviously movies lie all the time oh you yeah, yeah. No, I mean in the uh what was it the Facebook movie that's named Social Network they use Johns Hopkins in place of Harvard so <laughs> You can't you can't trust the movie. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> so, all right, Mike. So we'll do our traditional wrap up because I know we're probably going long, but hopefully everybody enjoyed the conversation. Where can people find you um, on the internet? Uh, my email is mward at laxrecords.com. Uh, and my Twitter handle is at MFW Shy, MFW CHI. And as always, you can find me at Lax Records on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Lax Records, and obviously LaxRecords.com. Everybody, have a great week. All right. Thank you, guys.